welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. This is the Investing Power Hour number 68 on Chit Chat Money. My name is Brett Schaefer, and I'm joined as always by Ryan Henderson. You can watch these either on YouTube or Spotify or listen Sunday mornings. I should say we're doing these on Wednesday today, but typically it's on Thursday. If you want to catch it live, you can do that. We don't really care. You can join in for comments if you want, uh, which I guess is fun sometimes. So we appreciate the people that do that. These episodes, we talk about whatever we want in the investing world. So Ryan, what's on your mind this week? We really had an accelerated schedule for our recording. So I don't think we came up with many notes, but luckily earnings season is back. I want to talk about Carvana because it's so interesting right now. They may have saved themselves. We'll see. But what, what, what do you got? Anything on your mind? Uh, well, a little personal update. I'm going to Hawaii this afternoon. So uh, that's why we had an accelerated schedule. I had a slight slip up on uh, you are an insurance finance, like an insurance uh, specific reserve. insurance reserve build thing on our Lyft show. And it's, it's really... It's really hanging on my mind, weighing on it because I got it all mixed up. So if you've listened to that, just know I apologize. No, he is taking it very, very personally. He's going to be thinking about it all in Hawaii. That's all he's going to think about in Hawaii. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get my mind off that. But um, no, big banks reported. Netflix reports this afternoon. Uh, I'm riding high because Ally is up 5%. So we're finally smart again. Um, I don't don't want to talk about that one. I didn't read that report yet, but... Uh, I want to talk about Carvana. Yeah, I don't know. Did you do you did you follow any of the big banks at all? Yeah, I I mean most of them are kind of like I mean they're really bland to look at. Sometimes those reports, it's just like okay, consumer deposits dropped and whatever. The loan book's fine, but the uh, one that was interesting, I'll say, banking panic doesn't seem to be taking hold. Especially not at the big banks. It's paused for now. Wait, just wait for next quarter for the next shoe to drop, right? Uh, but yeah, I agree. It was the crisis is. The, I did read a the, quote. The crisis, quote unquote, is over. I saw a Matt Levine quote this week, and he's like, "I mean, technically, yes. If just deposits just flew out of every single bank, yeah, there would be a problem." But he's like, uh, banking in the US is basically just a socially beneficial trick which i guess when you frame it like that it kind of it's it's kind of like a funny framing and that like you just tell people it's safe and then you take the money and you loan it out in non-safe things so it's like anyway yeah. that was funny uh the big bank reports were pretty good deposits are coming out because people are i think account balances are shrinking as people so spend putting- and they're putting into money market funds, right? Or Probably. That- I mean, I guess I didn't check money market inflows, but I would guess that it's. I mean, it's going elsewhere because the savings rates at these places are horrendous. So, um, it's maybe it's going to SoFi, maybe it's going to Ally, but maybe it's also going to the economy because excess savings could be coming down. I don't know. Yeah. But- I mean, these smaller banks, these neo banks, are such minnows. So, I mean, some of it, I guess, is technically because they're growing. It's going to there, but yeah. Now, most of it's probably going to the economy and money market funds. The one I found interesting was Wells Fargo. They had, I think, like a $900 million uh, provision for credit losses from the commercial real estate portfolio. So it seems like they're kind of, they were the first one that I saw that actually called this out specifically. It's not a huge part of their overall loan portfolio, but it's it's a significant write down of the exposure that they have. So, I mean, I think it's kind of uh, we're starting to see it hit the banks. I I would be I'd be really interested to see what banks have the most exposure. I don't know if you can find a list like that, but yeah, I think you. I mean, definitely can. I just don't want to do the work. <laughs> 
There's so yeah, many. Man, I'm not, there. I don't short, so it doesn't matter. But maybe it was signature. Probably bank. already priced in, but I think it was. It might have been Signature Bank. Honestly, now they're uh, not around anymore. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, do you want to talk Carvana though? Did you see what they announced today? I will say, no. let me just give, yeah. So that here's what happened yesterday. People are all, we're all nervous because yesterday, okay, actually let's go back in early July. They do the classic press release. We're set to report our conference call, our, con, you know, whatever our earnings results and do a conference call on August 3rd. And yesterday out of the blue, they said they, uh, on July 18th, they said Carvana to report second quarter results on july 19th in the morning so they basically said hey look we're reporting tomorrow morning now we had no context so the stock sold off because people are nervous but the reason they did that is because they announced now this is a headline right here it's about four lines i'm gonna read through it this is literally what they said for their headline they said carvana announces agreement with note holders that will provide the company significant flexibility as it continues to execute its profitability and growth plan by reducing total debt extending maturities and lowering near-term cash interest expense that's a mouthful <laughs> but that's literally that's literally the headline of the press release i'm seeing it right now yeah that's yeah that's really lit- long headline that, so let me just go through the bullet points here of and in reaction to this, and I think the earnings report, which we can kind of go through, the stock soared. It's up 25% today. Year to date, we are officially up 975%. You hear that right? It's going to be up 1,000% this year at some point. So congrats to the people that either bought the dip or held onto this thing. Um, but here's what the note said. So basically, they're eliminating 80% of their 2025 and 2027 unsecured notes. and the most important thing, they're lowering their cash interest expense by over $430 million per year for the next two years, um, reducing total debt outstanding by $1.2 billion. And they are offering new notes, which I'm reading this now. Again, apologies to the listeners. We didn't prepare too much today. So this is going to be maybe more of a free form episode. Um, it looks like they extended their debt because it said they just reduced their interest expense for the next two years. Um so I guess they were in, you know, liquidity, not a cry, maybe a crisis. I don't, we don't know how close they got to running out of money, but that was a big concern for people. So I guess then the bondholders were like, all right, we don't want you to go out of business. I guess we'll refinance this thing. Um, yeah. What do you think? Thoughts on that first, Ryan? Were you surprised? I guess we don't really know. We don't follow the bond markets too closely, but kind of surprising that they were able to get this done. Yeah, have they done any equity offerings since the stock's ripped? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know if they have something just like outstanding, you know, like a, what were the things that were popular? Perpetual model. shelf offering or something? Yeah, I don't think they were. They're not that scummy. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, what's, I, was th- what's- I was thinking about it the other day and I'm a fan of free money and I'm not a fan of people getting rich off it but if it keeps like cheap customer services around i'm okay with it like if carvana wants to deliver cars to my house for cheap i'm not opposed to it if the time comes when i want to buy a car same with amc i was thinking about that too like Dude, if these, if, these, if, if, if these, AMC stays, yeah. I love the theaters. So if AMC stays around because people are just willing to support the stock relentlessly, I'm, I'm in favor. I'm I got my, there. I got my Oppenheimer tickets, but that was at the one that went bankrupt. So not supporting AMC. 
Are you going to go see Oppenheimer? Yeah, probably won't. I mean, I'll be in Hawaii, so I don't know if uh, I'll see it right when it comes out. But ne- uh, next week, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a pretty exciting one. That's probably the best. Okay. Whatever. It's, it's literally made discussion. for. Yeah, it's literally made. It was film made for me. <laughs> the uh, okay, here's the headline for their earnings report for Carvana. Now this is classic, classic growth stock stuff. Carvana delivers best quarter in company history for adjusted EBITDA and total gross profit per unit. Now, does that make you want to buy the stock or does that make you want to buy the stock? I'll try to go through the letter here of maybe some of the results, but basically the retail units sold were down 35% as kind of the used car market froze over a bit. Revenue only declined 24%, so they're getting a little higher prices on those. But again, you know, uh, it declined, but their gross profit increased 26%, and gross profit per unit sold was $6,500 compared to $3,100 in the second quarter of 2022. So pretty good year-over-year growth on that. But I will say, you'll not be surprised here. Their net loss margin was negative 3.5% compared to 11% a year ago. Um, They say their path to profitability is to, one, drive the business to positive adjusted EBITDA, two, drive the business to significant positive unit economics, um, and after completing those two steps, return to growth. Now, I will look at, just I don't want to throw out too many numbers to the listeners here before we go through a discussion of Carvana. Look at the cash flow. For the first six months of this year, they have generated $443 million in positive operating cash flow. CapEx has been significantly lowered, so they're still at about $400 million in positive cash flow. But the reason they were able to do this is because, one, they uh, the proceeds from their loans that they sold versus the originations um, is significantly like the proceeds from ones they sold was much higher than the ones they originated because they offload their loans that they do to third parties. And that's most likely because their, you know, gross profits per unit are declining or excuse me, not their units sold are declining. I'm not sure exactly why. And their inventory declined by $564 million this year. So if you exclude that, they're still burning cash. Although obviously they're in a much better spot than they were at the beginning of the year. I'm curious your thoughts here, Ryan. Do the Garcia brothers slip away yet again? With this such a hater, about, gosh, you're such a hater. <laughs> what of uh, th- these guys? I mean, the creating value. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? If so, they get to true, cold hard profitability, you got to tip your hat to them. What the the felons? How are they felons? I mean, the the senior is a felon, right? He's like convicted. Felons, yeah, excuse me, yeah. I should say the senior guy. Um, Um, There is some comments in here. Andrew Marshall says, we are in a clown market. Carvana up on a $350 million stock offering. There was a stock offering. Oh, there was. Okay, cool, cool. I didn't see that. Um, Got some other comments in here as well. John Gallego says, Ryan and Brett, have you guys have had any thoughts on credit companies such as Oak Tree Specialty Lending, Eagle Point Credit, the yields on these make them interesting. I can honestly say I've I've not looked at any of them. I think John Rotanti's talked a lot about them lately, but I really haven't followed them. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. Any thoughts there? I haven't followed them at all. Yeah, so no thoughts. Zero thoughts. Don't know anything about these businesses at all. I'm going to uh, look some of those up. So three, they did a $300 million, $50 million offer. Yeah, I mean, look, they might, I think Carvana could definitely slide out of here. Look, I don't like the management team as maybe I alluded to because I think they're pretty unethical in the way they operate and they kind of screw over all their stakeholders. Uh, but like Ryan said, I think you got to maybe not tip your hat, but you can't be like, look, they're going to go out of business because if they can increase this cash position, extend their runway and reduce, the, you know, and keep on this trajectory, I mean, they're not going to run out of money. And they, I, I kind of look at that stock offering and say, why wasn't it a billion dollars, right? I, 
I guess I, I'm not totally up to date with all the numbers, but yeah, I'd say like maximize the equity offering as much as you can. You've been given a second life. Use it. Yeah. And I think I agree. We, uh, what was the comment here from Andrew? We are in a clown market. Carvana is up $350 million in stock offering. Yeah. I think in general, if we're going to learn a lesson from the last couple of years and try to not make the same mistakes as, as the past, when stocks are going up, when they raise money, that's usually a sign that there might be a little excess animal spirits because typically, almost all the time, if someone does a stock offering, their their stock goes down. Remember when the funny thing when, is like wait, I will say remember when Block went up when they acquired Afterpay. Remember that that should have been a both sign companies went up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like. Uh, I was like the stock. No, what was it? It was some like ridiculous reaction. It was like Afterpay stock jumped, which made sense. But then, yeah, stock was up. Like Block was up, I think twenty percent or something like that after paying forty-two times sales. Uh, yep. Well, that didn't prove out to be the best business in the world. Hey, we own that. At the time, oh, not at, not emphasis. at the time. No, not at, not at the time. We yeah. were early haters. <laughs> well, the early shareholders and early haters. Luckily, we hate crypto so much that that got us out of it. I think that was a little bit luck there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To John Gallegos, I'm looking at this explanation for Oak Tree Specialty Lending Corporation. And it's, I would say, maybe there's a time when we can figure, when we can start to look at some of these businesses, but. I cannot provide anything insightful on this. That is not they, today. Yeah. One-stop credit solutions to companies with limited access to public or syndicated capital markets. I would have no idea what like the big drivers are here. Apologies, but maybe maybe we can look at it a little more. You see this comment about Paylocity? Yeah, I just sent him a comment. I I didn't know it honestly that it existed. Do you know this company exists? I can, like vaguely follow Paycom, so if it's anything like that, it makes sense. I mean, it's so good. Many. It's good. They're good businesses, honestly. It's hard to differentiate the brand, but yeah. You know what stock I've been looking at lately? Rover Group. It's this Never. like the dog, the dog uh, daycare marketplace. I don't know anything about the financials, but my parents have been using this thing, and I know a whole bunch of people that are going there now. To get like doggy dog, you know, pet sitting. Plus, there's like dog walking, but it's mostly like I think the value is really in the pet sitting. I think there's a, some promise there. I think it's like right. a small cap too. Someone what is told it? Us Rover, to look at that time. Rover stock. It's like Rover Group or something. Yeah, Rover Group. Uh, it's up twenty percent year to date. Uh, Nine hundred million dollar market cap. Let's just look at the financials real quick. See if we can do a little. Uh, Let's do a that, guessing game. See that you... thing's operating cash flow positive. We're doing a not so deep dive <laughs> on it. All right. Let's see. What do you think their revenue growth was in Q1 of 2023? Through, they have a calendar year. So first three months of this calendar year. 45%. Pretty good. 48%. All right, oh. Ryan, you're on the ball with this thing. What do you think... There, do they have a customer count? Okay, booking. So, how many? I assume this is dog walks. How many walks were booked? Well, it's pet sitting. It's pet or sitting is it too. Pet like, sitting. Okay, okay. So, total like, booking. Yeah, if like you leave town or whatever, you can have someone on Rover like take care of your dog for the weekend. You pay. It's good price too. The um, total booking value, I have no clue. Probably like. I'll go 10 billion. Oh, that is a little off, Ryan. 209 million. So pretty small business still. Gross booking um, value? For the quarter, yeah. 
Oh, uh, okay. I was thinking like annual, but still it's way high. What what's their like take? Must be like looks like okay, let me do 41 divided by 210. So like 25%. 20. Yeah, pretty standard. This seems like something IAC would be interested in. Uh let's look at the numbers here on profitability. Let's see. 41 million in revenue in the quarter, loss from operations, seven million. So not, not it's too doable. bad. Not too bad. Yeah, it's not as bad as Lyft as we just looked at. And look at cash flow, negative cash flow. Problem is wanna, we don't want to read through is, all these numbers. So what what was a stock? Do? I can already tell it's a business or an investment that I'd want to like, which means it's probably something I shouldn't invest in. What a yeah, you do have a that's yeah, it's good. You, you're, it seems like that's the, when you run into issues for sure. Like, oh, I love that. Love that platform. Yeah, it's investable. Yeah, you do. That seems to be when you run into to problems. I, so, what's the? Why do you like? Why do you think you like the business? Well, I think it. I think it addresses like a real pain point. A lot of people with pets have a hard time like having someone take care of them, and even if there are like you know doggy daycare type places. It's, and you can like have different arrangements where you could like have them come in and just like take care of the dog for at your house or something like that. But even if there's already those businesses, those businesses can just plug into like Rover's marketplace the same way people that had bed and breakfast could put themselves on Airbnb. I, I just think there needs to be a marketplace for connecting stuff like this. Yeah, I they're, agree. They're kind of the leader. From what I understand, I agree. The, I, I kind of like these Turo care.com. I mean, it seems like it fits in the IAC portfolio. Um, I'm sure they were talking to them and they probably just didn't want to sell. The you know what else I saw is I saw a I don't know why I saw this ad, but I guess they're probably throwing on a bunch of ads in the summer. So I clicked on it, download the app. It's called like Swim Swimly or Swimplify. Is Some this of those pool sharing. The pool sharing one, they copied Airbnb's format, but the app literally doesn't work. It's like, I can't get it. It's like unusable, but it looks Swim, exactly like Airbnb. Swimify? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it sounds exactly like, again, it looks, they copied Airbnb. Um, but that was funny. Pool sharing, you can rent out your pool. Kind of an innovative idea, but let's get that app working, guys. I'm seeing... I saw someone post a screenshot of Adian's financials versus Stripe's financials. I don't know where they got this Stripe data, but um, do you have? Do you want to share it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me allow you to. Yeah. Share the. Is it? I'm assuming it's a graphic. Okay. We've oh, got. Sorry. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. In 2022. Payment volumes for Adyen was $808 billion. Yeah, $808 billion. Stripes was apparently $817 million. I think the blue number probably means that there's like an asterisk by it, estimate maybe. Yeah. Adyen was growing payment volume 33%. Stripe was growing payment volume 26%. The gross take rate was higher at Stripe than it was at Adyen. More small uh, businesses, yeah. So net um, gross revenue. Falling. Gross revenue, there's no way that's accurate though, right? Okay, no, net revenue. Yeah, yeah. Net revenue is two below that. Is that right though? 1.4 billion? For Adian? Yeah. <laughs> Remember this. Oh, yeah. it's just incredibly profitable, right? Um yeah. okay, so yeah, 1.4 billion dollars in net revenues for Adian. Stripe is estimated at 3.2 billion in net revenues. So more than twice the size. Here's where it gets a little different, though, and this is the cultural differences, it seems to me. The cost base, the total cost base for Adyen is about $634 million. So, you know, more than 50% EBITDA margins. For Stripe, keep in mind that $3.2 billion in revenue, total cost base is $3.28 billion. So, you're looking at EBITDA margins for Stripe of negative three percent versus fifty-five percent for Adyen. I like looking count, at T. Yeah, I like looking at. Oh yes, keep going. You're going to get to it. The headcount is double 
at Stripe, so 7,000 employees, These, I think these are still estimates, versus 3,300 employees at Adyen, it, the total payment volume per employee, 293 uh, so million, yeah, million, yeah. There's no way that's... Yeah, because it's the the payment. Oh, payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hundred ninety-three million dollars versus one hundred eleven million at Stripe. So, I don't know efficiency here. You could you could make the case though. If Stripe brings if Stripe streamlines their costs. I know. Like we're doing Fallen Angels this month, and I just go like, all right, don't resist, don't resist that. Tr-. Like if you could look at all these and say, well, that is, you know, if they just if they just fix these costs. I love how uh, the comments was- there. First off, you had a nice little ad from Twitter's new ad products that just seem to be um, mobile games that are, uh, let's just say, have some lewd characters in them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's getting ridiculous, but I love the comment where the guy goes, Stripe should bring cost down. Like, Thank you, Blue Check. Thank you. I think they're trying. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. The uh, thing... I find interesting is like it speaks to maybe like how difficult it would be to do this after to bring costs down after the fact. Yeah. I we're think seeing it, we're seeing it at Amazon. Yeah. And this is where, okay, we just looked at Lyft. It's like those founders, probably good friends for three years, those early employees, probably really good friends. They kept getting funding. They feel there's probably all these celebrations. They've been together for 10 years. They're hiring new people. They feel like a family. There's no shareholders. There's just like private investors that are telling you to keep growing and keep marketing and do whatever you can to grow. Then all of a sudden, one day you IPO. It's a great celebration. Everyone's getting stock options. Everyone loves you. And then your stock falls through the roof. And all of a sudden, people want to see profits. And you have this new stakeholder that you have to please, which is the shareholder. I think it's very hard for the founder CEO in situations like that to start firing his friends, to start saying, "Oh, it's yeah, hard to fire." Oh, I know you've been firing. I know you've been flying first class. We're going to push you back to uh, economy, and yeah, we're not going to stay at those hotels anymore. And just kind of making it a worse workplace for all your friends. That's why they bring in separate CEOs because <laughs> yeah. they don't have to. They don't have those relationships. It's not as hard for them. Or that's why CEOs step down because they don't want to have to take that role. I think if you don't have a profit-driven culture or a cash flow-driven culture from the start, it's. I feel like it's pretty hard to institute that after the fact with the same founder CEO. Yeah. I mean, we see Stripe talk about this explicitly. Um, I think Stripe is, or excuse me, Adyen, Stripe would be the opposite. We see Adyen talk about this explicitly. When you don't advertise yourself as a giant spender, when you don't say, look, we're going to fly you first class, we're going to do all these perks, blah, 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 blah. Okay. You don't attract people that are just going there for the money, just going there for the perks, just going there because it's hot right now. Stripe, on the other hand, a lot of these companies, I mean, we have anecdotal evidence aplenty as people in our 20s working in a city with a lot of tech exposure. A lot of people go to these positions because they're just attracted to the money and the, I wouldn't call it glamour, but just the perks, right? And they're actually there because they want to do it. And I think when you try to cost cut, people can get really upset and you have the wrong culture. Adian, on the on the other hand, says explicitly, yeah, I mean, we're going to treat you well, but we're not going to just pay you exorbitantly. We're not going to hire a bunch of people for no reason. And you need to work here if you like to build pay- software for payments. That's it. That has to be your main goal. So I think, yeah, I, mean, I like those businesses much more and it, it builds a much better long-term culture for building value for all your stakeholders because a lot of these tech companies, like people don't like it when you complain about the employees because obviously the corporations are more powerful, but a lot of the times the employees are sucking a lot of the balance sheets dry and it's just not sustainable. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's like- It's not sustainable for them either. They're going to eventually get fired. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was about to say it's like you can either have your cushy job or all the benefits that you currently have for the next year or two, and then everyone goes, or 
you t- take the very difficult decision to reduce some of the jobs to last longer. I think I know it's always hard if you're, especially if you're one of the laid off employees to recognize that, but that is, I don't know. It's capitalism. That's I guess how it works. So it's, you, I think having that in your mind as you're working, the kind of the, I, I feel weird getting on my soapbox about this because I, you know, we don't work real jobs. We just sit here on a podcast, but knowing that it is, especially for a public company, you, you are owned by the shareholders is, is I think important to have in your mind. Yeah. I mean, it's got to balance between the stakeholders. It's got to be balanced. Uh, do you want to talk more about the AI bubble going into overdrive? Here's another press release. Which I think it's really funny to read these from an old friend of ours, Wix.com. Wix unveils groundbreaking AI site generator alongside suite of AI powered feature sets to revolutionize web creation. The upcoming AI site generator will create an entire website complete with text, images, and business solutions within seconds. Didn't really help the stock. It went up like 5%. So the pump didn't work that well. But are you uh, surprised at, at all to see this from, from our old friends at Wix? Well, uh, I'm using Wix right now to build a website. And I can tell you firsthand that uh, those AI functions did not work that well for me. I like it was a very simple website. I could not find a single template that was anywhere near what I wanted. So you basically just start from scratch. So I I remember reading all these press releases because we built the Arch Capital website a long time ago and we did it on Wix. It's was like, oh, it's a cool feature. You know, it was, it was cool platform worked. And then I saw all these press releases and I thought, man, this platform must've made a lot of progress. And I started building another website from scratch. I mean, it's still a cool platform, but it has not changed that much at all. And all of these generative AI things are feeling like complete bullshit. Yeah. I mean, what is Microsoft going to charge? Like $30 for this stuff? They uh, Their stock popped again yesterday, added so much in value. I think it was up like 4%, which is a lot for a company that's closing in on a market cap of two, $3 trillion. Um, yeah. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly a bubble. Like what's, I think the lucky part of the last five years is we've gone through this story so many times, cannabis, NFTs, and crypto in general, um, SaaS, SPACs, meme stocks. Now it's AI. We've seen this story so much, even though we're younger, luckily the last five years that it's so easy to spot the trends. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I start to trust the trend. Like now those signals I get when it's like friends I have that don't, aren't, aren't investing at all, or, you know, they, they're never interested until something starts going on. And then they start talking about it. Like the signal starts to mean something more to me now where I'm like, okay, yeah, this might be bubbly behavior. The, the other thing I was thinking about here is what happens if NVIDIA significantly underperforms its guidance for the quarter? That would be tough. That would be uh what if yeah. a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of companies say, Yeah, about that AI spending, we don't really see pause, the benefit yeah. at all. Yeah. Or they well, here's the thing, it's kind of thing it's gonna hurt in the long run. We saw Meta, I don't really know much about this, but they launched their new like software coding language, I think it is. Honestly, it could just be a platform for it, but associated with, you know large language models. I've heard a lot from the people I follow, which again, I'm going basically not off of bylaw knowledge, just kind of basing it off of them saying that this new language from Meta is taking a lot of market share from CUDA. NVIDIA's one. I've heard from people that CUDA is was part of NVIDIA's moat. I could also see this accelerating the cloud providers to build their own chips, which it seems like is already happening. So yeah, I don't know why one owns NVIDIA when ASML and TSMC exist, and for that matter, applied materials. Should America just LBO ASML? <laughs> and bring them bring home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. They already have a bunch of stuff in San Diego. My brother actually works on it. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a trade secret. Can't, 
can't give that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to talk Activision Blizzard? They apparently accelerated their earnings report again and updated the transaction with Microsoft. Have you heard about this at the all? The one that got away? I don't want to. Well, here's, I think it's, yeah, I know. It's the one that we literally never Brand. can make money on. Uh, luckily, when we sold it, like we bought something that went up, which seems like everything went up in June. So it's not that. It's a little bittersweet that we seem to never give the Activision Blizzard right. But we've been following it a lot. I think maybe listeners will be interested. So yesterday, they extended the a merger deal to be able to get closed by October 18th this year. And they increased the payout that Microsoft has to give Activision Blizzard if the deal doesn't close to $3.5 billion if the transaction is terminated after August 29th and to $4.5 billion if the transaction is terminated after September 15th. They also released their earnings. Looks solid. Uh, Diablo helped a lot. Bookings were 2.4. $5 billion versus $1.6 billion in 2022. Um, you know, still not. It's TBD, whether we're at the new level of profitability. But it's interesting to follow this that, like, I, I just don't know. As a, Still as a standalone company, the upside here is, okay, what, like, what are they going to be? How, how, much, how big is this business really going to get? Yeah, I mean, it's 39 times earnings. Earnings might inflect a little bit this year, but still you're paying north of 20 times earnings, which I don't think historically has been a good price to buy Activision at. And I think it'll probably follow its long-term trends. Here's the other thing I was thinking about, and that's that's interesting about the increased payout. I don't want to get enticed again, so I'm not going to talk that much more about it. But we first started buying Activision Blizzard, I think at $91, 90 roughly. Oh, uh, oh, are you talking about like when, before the merger? Yeah, I'd say it was about 90 Yeah, it was pretty popular. Our cost basis in the end was probably around 80 mm, A little higher. Are you talking about combining everything? Or oh, after no, we first, added, we added before yeah, any okay. of the acquisition stuff. I think our cost base was around eighty. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and we've only ever lost money on it, and today it's at ninety-two dollars a share. Yeah, so no, stock really... is up. We've only ever lost money on it. I, I think like we just have the worst timing with it. I love. I mean, I I think that brands are really durable. I think King Games is a wonderful business, but I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't want to own it as a standalone company here. The upside certainly seems limited on merger arb here. So I think there's maybe more downside than upside, but just because, you know, deal could still break, can it? You never know, right? You never know. So I don't know. Would you buy this for $92 a share? No. Neither would I. I only like arbs if, uh, I think the stock is cheap on its own and it's a very widespread. So we don't really do it very often, but when we do, I guess we lose money. Well, I should say lose not very much, but yeah, uh, still lose money. Still can't seem to make money uh, when other people do. Hey, but you, Buffett did the same thing as us. So we're just like him. He sold out of Activision in the spring. True. So paper hands, paper hands, Buffett. We're just copying the goat. All right, he was. Yeah. We were doing the same thing as him. We also own Ally, so does he. We're very yeah. similar. Very similar investors. <laughs> yeah, the the rest of the portfolio overlap. Eh. So okay, Netflix reports today. Do they beat on subscriber guidance? Let me look up what their guidance was. Uh, okay, we got. Okay, your name is because this will determine. <laughs> this will determine the the rest of the market for like the next two weeks remember That's netflix true. is always the first like if netflix doesn't hit the subscriber numbers everyone thinks like the digital world is going to shit so that is true okay we got a comment from uh your some fake name that says hello uh but let me look up what their guidance was because I, I want to base it off of that 
what is it? 2023 first quarter. Okay. Guidance forecast, forecast, forecast. Where is it? I don't know. Ah, nope. I don't know what. what, what they is still it? give subscriber guidance. I might have pulled that. The uh, the other thing. A, let me do a control F. What, how about this yeah. password sharing, huh? Yeah, I guess it's working according to the third party data. Good for them, man. Don't doubt Reed Hastings ever. I guess not. Yeah, they, they really time these rollouts pretty well. Right? When everyone's flailing, and their competitors are all flailing, they're like, okay, we can do password sharing. When everyone else is not making money and they convinced everyone else not to do advertising, and they're like, <laughs> actually, we're going to do it. Yeah, they're very good. Pretty damn good. The... Uh... I forget what their subscriber guidance is. Okay, let's look at analysts. Let's look at, I'm gonna look at the analyst estimates for because they always have an estimate, right? It's apparently, like you said, the entire world is based off of um <laughs> uh you know whether Netflix hits their earnings. Okay, earnings preview from variety. Hopefully they have it. Please tell me they have a number. Ah, okay. Tesla reports today too. Yeah. Okay. Analysts project they're going to add 1.8 million new subscribers in the second quarter. I think they are going to beat it. I don't know how the password sharing like takes effect on that. So if it's, if every account that's added is technically a subscriber, then yeah, I say they beat that. But ARPU, I mean, ARPU would just plummet, right? Technically, uh, not maybe not plummet, but I guess it's a headwind. It'll be like a bad indicator at this point, but it's pure, but it's revenue creative. Yeah. And the incremental margins are so high. So, yeah. Uh, I, you think they beat, huh? I think sure. they miss. It's, this could age really well or poorly. It's just a guess. <laughs> I think they miss and <sighs> no, they barely miss. I don't know. It's a guessing game. I you mentioned the Tesla. What about Tesla? Yeah, do they beat or miss on what? I mean, they already have deliveries, so free cash flow. I think the the delivery numbers are strong. They're going to have margin compression, but I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to be lower because of the margin compression. I think that's been very. how do you call it? Like, you, it's not guaranteed, but it's been basically, I don't know, streamlined, not streamlined. I, I can't get the word in my mouth. But since they lowered the prices, right, the margins are going to be down. But they, the the quarter of the deliveries is really, really strong. So we'll see. All right. I'm going to pull up our half or our end of year uh, oh, yeah, yeah. estimates. One of mine are... One of mine's aging really well, and one of mine's aging really poorly. But it's basically because one, I said one stock would go down, and one stock would go up. So, what was it? Was it a power hour? Probably, yeah. Guessing this is number sixty-eight, so fifty something. No, forty something. Thirty-nine. Yeah, I nailed it. All right, cool. 2023 bold predictions. All right. Do you remember what yours were? Yeah, it was Amazon's going to be the largest company in the world by the end of the year and Tesla will be down 50%. So one's looking solid. Yeah, you really only had two. One Uh, can still happen. (laughs) Both can still happen, technically. uh, Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I would be a very happy Amazon shareholder if you're right on that first prediction. Tesla down 50%. What's it at? This what's it at? It's right probably now? up a hundred percent year to date. Yeah, so 172% year to date. So wow, it's 172. I didn't yeah. know it was that much. All right, you want to go through mine? Yeah, I forgot yours. We will have a soft landing. 
that's looking good so far. But the thing is, all soft landings are all hard landings or look like soft landings first. So I said the annual inflation rate, which I just used, increase in CPI for 2023 will drop below the current federal funds rate at the time, which was four and a half percent. This is so, aging good so far. This is aging really well. Second, I would one. say these are less bold than me, but you know, we'll keep it. You're getting them right. Yeah, that wasn't very bold at all. Wait. Let me look up the whole Fred U.S. House Index. Okay, so I said the average U.S. home price measured by Fred's U.S. National Home Price Index will decline by more than 10% from current levels. Still possible. It's flat, you, right? It's pretty flat, I guess. I don't know. Can you look it up? I don't want to. Is it, is it, is it new? Is Fred it new? U.S. National Home Price Index. Not new homes. Chase Schiller. We'll just do that. Whatever. And it's from uh, end of the year. Okay. Jan- January 2023, it sang 293,000. And there is seasonality. So, so far, you know, uh, home prices are up um, to 300,000. But there is seasonality in the spring. So, yeah. it's not over yet. Not over. The uh, yeah, those two were kind of at odds with each other, huh? If the inflation rate came down, well, the wealth effect. It's I don't the wealth think effect. so. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, I, I actually don't. Again. I don't think they're at odds. I actually think if inflation comes down and interest rates come down, that housing prices will finally kind of, you know, there'll be like the vacuum will, you know, whatever pop, and there'll be you know ability for prices to normalize. Okay, this one's interesting. I said, so last year, the NASDAQ was down 33%. The S&P 500 was down 20%. And the Dow was down 9%. I said they will finish, the three major indexes will finish in reverse order this in 2023. So NASDAQ will be the best, S&P, and then Dow. I think that's right so far. Wait, wait, what? sorry, say that again. So the NASDAQ did the worst last year, SP 500 did the middle, and then Dow did mm-hmm. the best. And I said mm-hmm. they will finish in reverse order. So the NASDAQ will do the best, S&P will do the second best, Dow will do the worst this year. And so far, that's looking really well. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Some good, bold predictions so far. All right. Uh, to the person listening, I will open up our DMs so you can apparently be a verified idea. The DMs get closed. I thought we had them open for our chat money, but whatever. Still get those spam inbound inbounds every day. Those are some. Uh, those are real, those are real people. The uh, <laughs> big time news. What's the one stock that you think this quarter's earnings is a make or break? Uh maybe I would have said Carvana. Don't know. I mean, none that we follow because I went. We don't buy stocks that. That's true. Uh, make or break. Mm, going through our portfolio, I don't really see anything. There's always like that one stock that just drops fifty percent on a bad earnings report. I think it was Chegg last quarter because ChatGPT well, just like killed them. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was very tough. I don't. I don't have any thoughts for you. Hmm. What do you do? You have any on your mind? No, I really don't. Um, what about? Oh, we talked about Iger last week. Just scrolling through my likes, don't really see much. Sucks that. Yeah, and I I apologize. Sucks that the earnings are prepared for this because this Hawaii thing's throwing things off. We're, we front loaded the week, and so usually I have time to. Yeah, I still think but, we're getting some good stuff, but unfortunately, we can't have the Tesla and Netflix stuff for tomorrow, but that's okay. Apparently, there were uh, developments in crypto land. I think the Celsius <laughs> like creator is going behind bars. The criminal? Yeah, yeah. he was a pure criminal. Um, apparently, Ripple's the security. I will talk about crypto. It doesn't... I like how they're saying... Uh, I don't know. The narrative is that, oh, Ripple is not a security or I don't even know what the decision was. So we're going to buy, we're going to relist it. We're going to buy. It's 
got a bit bullish for Ripple and congrats to anyone that made money on it. But it makes no difference to me what the classification is. They're still magic beans. Like, there's no. Coinbase it, stock is up 217% year to year date. To date. It is up. Look, this episode is seven percent in the last month. This episode is making me think it's time to take some risk off, but re-bubble. we don't really. Yeah, I mean the rebubble is here and it's it's coming. I think honestly the Tesla report it's not make or break for it, but I think there are a few reports. Okay, what are the number one reports? Obviously Nvidia, but the number one reports to keep the rebubble AI bubble going. I think Tesla's one. We'll see how optimistic Elon sounds. He's been very optimistic lately. I also think Microsoft. They have been a bit. They've been. They've been a bit of bubble they've been boy. A little pumpy. <laughs> bubble they've boy. Been, they've been <laughs> bubble boy lately. Yeah, they've been a bit of a bubble. Satya has been bubble boy lately. Yeah, he, uh, was, he had a good tweet when they're like, "We're gonna make Google dance," and its market share is just like unchanged. <laughs> yeah, people like that one. Whenever you tweet something positive about a company that everyone owns, guaranteed to to do well. That's how you hack financial twitter uh what do you that think that really is you just like buy all the big tech companies and just retweet all their press releases and you'll get a whole bunch of followers the uh who, who are the bubble boys um or yeah who, who i think c3 ai <laughs> c3 ai needs yeah. to get a little they need to keep that going that's just such a dude the ticker is worth like 10 billion dollars i guess for about another really believe it for a couple more quarters it is yeah because i wasn't there weren't their numbers just horrendous but it, they just got oh, yeah. bailed I mean, out. They just yeah, got bailed yeah. out by a ticker. Yeah. Because you just look up AI stock and C3 AI comes up. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. What about, I saw, remember we, we uh, a company in the, I won't call it the bubble category, but say the Fallen Angels category that we followed and actually kind of liked was Rocket Lab. Uh, potentially, I mean, it's not our cup of tea, but we said there's potential. Apparently, they, uh, let me look, let me confirm the press release, but apparently they can, they did a full reusable rocket thing like SpaceX. Now they, they made a big progress on that. And I think, let's see, they are a bit of a press release, happy company. So I'm going to find it. Um, they are doing some satellites for NASA and more commercial ones. And then they took the next step in their rocket reusability program. So it seems like they're making progress to be the second company within the space economy. I mean, we saw a report from SpaceX that they're doing $8 billion in revenue. And they said they were profitable if they exclude the building the rockets, which is weird. Expenses. <laughs> revenue. Yeah, yeah. Revenue. No, what was it? It's profits, re- it's, profits uh, excluding expenses. No, it's... it's uh, uh it's yeah it's called it's pack it's you know it's pack no uh no no pbc profit before cost (laughs) yeah that's what someone said pbc it's my new indicator uh but rocket lab honestly if you like spacex i know there's a ton of people i bet there's listeners here that like spacex i'd look at rocket lab if you really like that i mean the market uh look again i would say not our cup of tea but it's a very interesting company. They seem to be executing, and the market cap is only three point seven billion. So, whatever, if you really think they're the second SpaceX, whatever happened to the battery company? What was it called? QuantumScape. You want to look? Up, I'll look up the chart for you. I bet it's up a lot this year. Okay, but look at all time. Okay, well, geez. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it went through a bubble. It's technically up all time. It's about its back price. But year to date, do you want to guess what QuantumScape is up? A company that's not going to have any revenue for five years? Yeah, 80, yeah. 90%. Yeah, it's just so, a, we're back. It's a rebuild. I'm glad. I, honestly, at the end of 2022, I was like, God, we should really be shorting these shit codes. I mean, we look at it all the time. We, like, we're really good at finding the ones that are going to be down 90%. And then this year, I was like, no, I'm glad we don't do that. <laughs> we spend like, I'd say we spend like 50% of our time just insulting shit goes and we should have been shorts. That's right. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I and then we just of, buy things that have like the same factor exposure. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, honestly, the era of this bubble is there's so many companies that you just get frustrated. We get so frustrated looking at them or like, all right, same old shtick. Like you're going to do all this stuff that is just pure. It's just the pumping playbook, the bubble playbook. And it's yeah. so, uh, so annoying. 
Yeah, gosh. Press release. Press release happy companies scare me. <laughs> yeah. No more comments. Um, All right, we got five more minutes. I don't. Yeah, sorry for the under preparation, guys, but my portfolio is up, so I'm happy again. I yeah. gotta say, I think my emotional happiness is tied to my portfolio. Oh, it is. I know for a fact it is. If I check in the morning and it's red, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm not checking for the rest of the day. If it's green, I'm like, I'll check again. Yeah. Uh, I uh, yeah. I mean, as someone who talks with you basically every day, I know that. I, I can say that's true. What did you think from the lift 10K when they said? I hope this gets revised next year with the new CEO. What did you think when they said for their mission or their first sentence? It said, we believe good energy moves the world. What do you think that? Was that was? the first one? I remember them having some something just obnoxious in their, uh, in their 10K, something like the transportation account now, uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, they, they're living like five years ago. This is... Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're living in 2019. Yeah, yeah. They look sound like we work. Okay, let me share the screen on something that I think will be interesting. Here's the chart of the Nielsen data from June 2023 for streaming market share. Uh if we look at here's what I think the most interesting thing is. Yeah, you know, YouTube and Netflix are still winning. I think people see that. Everything else seems to be fairly steady. You got Prime Video, Hulu, and then Disney Plus are kind of decent share. But I think the most important thing for me or the most interesting thing is that we're seeing a very, very strong growth, probably even acceleration in growth of the overall streaming category, taking share of US TV time. We're up to, I'll say, let's just say that's 37.5% versus like 32.5% at the start of the year. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty dang good. I think, you know, we could be hitting the... Um, I mean, when, when does the cable package eventually fall off? Does it have to get to 55, 60% market share? I mean, I think we're pretty close from seeing a weird inflection point here that could really shake up a lot of these companies. Yeah, I think it's the services like YouTube TV and even and YouTube, Hulu, Hulu. YouTube TV is excluded from these. All those virtual cable packages are. I thought it was integrated with YouTube. No, trust me. Our guy, Alex Morris, who follows us every time and shares it, they exclude uh, YouTube TV from it now. So really? even, yeah, I mean, technically, I guess these companies have even more market share, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, YouTube TV and kind of stuff like that feels like such a seamless transition to smart TVs because it's literally just cable for connected TVs. It's amazing yeah. that they're probably going to end up winning that. Like yeah. YouTube's going to end up winning the tr- the linear TV market just because and it's literally like it, they're really not doing anything that innovative. They just kind of had a cheaper cost and a better user interface. And they've, they seem to just be the place where everyone's going to watch the same TV that they were watching on their old TVs. Yeah. YouTube though. I, I yeah, I'm like, constantly happy that i'm a google shareholder because that thing is just feels so hard to disrupt at this point and they don't no one care no one cares about the writer's strike or the actor strike it'll benefit them it's true well, if, it, if it extends out any further yeah it's i mean it's just at this point it's one of those one of those marketplaces where or you know i guess you could call it a marketplace but it's one of those platforms where there's such a huge network effect. It's impossible to replace. Yeah. Like how TikTok, take, the Chinese government, the Chinese government couldn't do it. With TikTok. Yeah, I mean, it would take decades to replace, to like copy that content, that library of content. Yeah. I mean, think of how much advertising TikTok spend on marketing their product and yeah, how profitable Meta is advertising Instagram, which I guess is not the biggest overlap is probably TikTok. The the numbers that came out from ByteDance is that the company is yeah growing quickly, but extremely unprofitable, and they still can't seem to budge YouTube. So, yeah, 
I mean, no one outside the in no no one outside of China has been able to do anything. It's pretty because impressive. Even and if Net, even if Netflix's share of streaming time just stays flat, if they're just basically raising prices, it's I mean they're still going to do it just fine. Yeah, what's interesting is that yeah they don't really it's not as tied to I guess the streaming time, but I think it is an indicator that they'll have the ability to raise prices if more and more people are watching Netflix compared to a Disney Plus. I also say though, advertising. I think the market, the the streaming time stuff shows how much potential Netflix has for advertising because of how often it's just on for people. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like YouTube just runs on our TV downstairs twenty four seven, and no one's even watching it. Yeah, well, you do have the <laughs> ideal house of five dudes in their twenties. That's that's like YouTube. <laughs> no one can compete with YouTube with that. Yeah, it's just some like YouTube, some podcast going. It's always like Lex Friedman, which whatever. It's just like it's always this like hour long conversation that someone starts and just leaves it on there. I'm like, all right. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. lots of ads, lots of ad placements for YouTube. Yep. All right, that's gonna do it. It is the one hour mark. Thank you everyone for joining. Thank you to let me get the names out here. Andrew Marshall. Oh, we got one right at the end here. Question, do you guys research international small caps at all? Yes, we do, uh, but we really like deep value, I guess. Um, I don't really have anything else to I'd say. say if, you like, if you like international coverage, check out Ian Bezek or Ian Bezek. It's B-E-Z-E-K. He does a really good job covering a lot of Latin American companies. Yep, and you can find all this stuff on Twitter. Yeah, thank you to Andrew. Thank you to John for the comment. We are not financial advisors. Anything we say on this show is not formal advice or recommendation. We are general partners at Arch Capital and clients may hold securities discussed in this podcast. Again, you can listen to these Sunday mornings on your favorite podcast player, but if you want to watch, you can find the replays on YouTube. And if you want to be one of the commenters, one of the few, One of the couple that joined the comment section, uh, you can do so usually Thursday mornings, 1230 p.m. Eastern time. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time.